Paint me a picture of the town that you think Lou Marble Cut would live in. Like, is it a busy town? Is it a quiet town? Is it nice? Is it dilapidated? Well, where, where do you think she would like spend her time if she had the chance? Yeah. So my thoughts were that Lou, after leaving William and completely aware of the things that he would do to like gain knowledge and keep it to himself would try to get uh, to live in a busy busy city, like as busy as she could find, and like rent or get herself in one of the cheapest taverns possible. Uh, she has, I forgot the name of her rat, but she has her pet on the lookout, so to say. Uh, she is going to be paranoid as hell, like, Checking the corners before passing through, checking the uh, like the edge of buildings, like looking up towards the the buildings. Mm. Okay. He is like a nervous wreck, but tries not to show as much of that as possible. Okay, and what was it? What was like the um, event that was the last straw? What was what was the what was the thing that happened that was the absolute last straw for Lou to drive her away? Yeah, so the last straw would have been like her last job, mm -hmm. which was uh, the usual blackmail this uh, merchant who has these these like scrolls that William wants, mm -hmm. but she is joined by her sister, and her sister like way over over escalates the situation and ends up killing the merchant and this dog like we didn't have to kill him there was no reason to kill him and you did and you did it with a smile on your face yeah you did you you didn't even like just stab him and be done with no you you stabbed him like in an artery and watched him bleed out on the floor with a smile and like the, the the realization that you became this sort of person because of him and I didn't stop it. Yeah. Because I love him. So <laughs> like as let, a father. <laughs> let, let's take that from that moment then that um that Leia has stabbed this man and you've had this 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 moment of clarity, this realization that you know, your actions of following the instructions of this man have, have led you down the path to becoming this praised, almost, you know, you, you've made this almost monster out of your sister, this young girl who really should have her entire life in front of you. Um, and as as you come to this, like, make this realisation, um, you're stood there over this dead body. You know, she's grabbed the scrolls. She's got what she came for. But you've got to split, man. You've got to, you know, you've got to, you've got to run because you've just killed somebody. That you know, this is going to get noticed. You're going to be, you could be caught. And if you get caught killing someone, you 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 know that you're going to get killed. So you split 
and you dash out and you're you know you're running away from William and you know you're you're running away from this uh, this body where would you go like do you have like a safe house or anything like that uh, she she shares everything with her sister and William so she doesn't have anywhere she knows where to go mm-hmm. so she's just going to like run for it like run for the woods like just she she doesn't know where to go she doesn't know what she's going to do the only thing she's sure about right now is that she needs to leave the this place mm. like she, she needs to get as far away from these people as possible yeah no that's fair that makes sense um so she 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 rushes away does she have she doesn't have any like place to go but does she have friends that she can rely on she does have well i assume our contacts and like with rogues uh, like as always like the one friend you can rely on yeah so sure. she's going to go there uh i'm making this up on the spot because i have no, a that's fine. yeah that's completely fine that's that's what it is, this is for. So you rush away uh, to, uh, you know, you dash, dash, dash away, and you uh, you think to yourself, oh my god, where am I going to go to? And you, you've got this this associate. Friend is too strong a word for what this person is. Uh, you know, you've got very little in common with them. You only really know them for jobs and stuff. But you know that they're reliable, and you know that they are, uh, you know... I live. <laughs> yeah, you, you can trust them. To a certain extent, they will, you know, they shouldn't let you down. Yeah. So you rush to this, this contact. Uh, let's say they're a member of the, um, of the Dolls Faces or maybe the Cassinaires, who are the uh, basically like the Cassinaires probably more likely because they are like freedom of information people, like anarchists who want to open the world up so everyone knows all the secrets. But they they also understand the power of them. So they like gather secrets to release en masse and use blackmail techniques and stuff like that. Generally they don't resort to stuff like killing, but they are very, you know, they they they've got connections everywhere. So you you rushing out and you you find you've got this remember you've got this person, this person you can trust. Um and you, their name is Shari. Um and it's uh you know uh, yeah, the the uh, oh, how am I pronouncing now? Kaisoniers. Uh, uh, oh, I'm just going to post. I'm just going to see what Google says uh, how we pronounce this word because um, yeah. Willem Dafoe. That's the actual pronunciation. Yeah, Kaisoniers, and they are um, you know they're this this group of like information delvers, anarchists, um, and they they kind of. This, you know, you go to this person there, and he's this, this, uh, what does it say, a gnome, Shari is very sympathetic to your plight, um, and kind of wants to help out, but can't, you know, can't give it you for free. So, one thing that, uh, he says to you is, you know, you, you need to get away, you need somewhere you can go. Why don't you go to Haven Oral? There's a tithe there. We, I can pay your, you know, you do a job for me, and in payment for this. Uh, you know, I- I'll do you a favor. I'll get you there, and as payment, you can do this job for me. I don't want to have to travel all the way down there. It's you know days and days and days of travel. Um, so when, when you're down there, uh, there's there's uh, I have recently heard that there's a a, a tide going out. You know, one of these things where they get all the groups of kids together. They send them off on a mini adventure. They do their community service. You know, they kill a monster. They save a village. Whatever it is, and then when you've done that, Lou. 
you can live in Haven or that's your ticket out of here. And I'll pay for you to go down there if you take this message down there. That's good. Uh, who do I need? Uh, what is the the code? Because she has done this before. She has experience like exchanging information with this group. That's how she met the guy. Yeah. Well, we know. Uh, our sources will tell us, uh, are telling us that the um, well, this tithe is going to be going out to a place called Lupin Vale. Uh, and your contact is a barmaid, or well, she she probably will be a barmaid. Knowing her, uh, she's pretty new to this game, so you have to use her. She's a bit rough and ready. Uh, I don't know her name, but apparently she really stands out. Uh, but she's been told the passcodes, and uh, if she says, uh, if you say to her, uh, the winter moon is cold, uh, uh, the winter moon is cold and silvery. She should say, but the summer sun burns nice and hot. I go to write that down. Can you repeat that, please? Yeah. So the winter, the the winter moon, is bright on the snow, and the uh, your the her response is the summer sun is burning hot. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, uh, here's the payment. Well, the usual. <laughs> yeah. So keep keep an eye out for her. All I can tell you is that she'll be, uh, well, she's got a tattoo on her neck. I've not met the girl, but uh, apparently she's got a very distinctive tattoo on her neck, and she stands out a bit. What that means, I don't know. But uh, beware. We know that um, once you sign up to the tithe, you have to complete it, and she'll be waiting for you around the start. So you'll go there. You'll do this message. That's your payment. You don't need to worry about paying me for this this trip i'll get you on the boat you'll be down there in three days uh and from there you can go, go out meet this you know meet this girl give her this letter she might give you one back um if she does give you one back then you've got to find a way of getting it to me whether that be via another courier or one of the uh, one of the dead drops in haven oral but you I, i've not been there so i don't know where to direct you so that's something you're gonna have to figure out yourself this might be the last time you see me. It I would well say. Be. It's been. It's it been, has been know, a pleasure. It's been been a blast. Been a blast, my friend. Yeah. Um, don't worry. I know when it's safe to keep a secret. If Leia asks, do you want me to tell her where she's gone? Sorry. If do you want me to tell her where you've gone? If she asks. Lou gets this really like complicated expression like takes it over for a few minutes for a few moments sorry like for now keep it tight okay. between us well, we're gonna get you down to the nets uh they from the nets you're gonna join one of the treasure boats uh i would keep your head down those boats we've got contacts there but those boats are checked so you might have to pretend to work and whatever you do do not be tempted to steal anything they keep a very close eye on the treasures that they find in the nets as you as you know so we'll get you to the boats now uh in fact um this is the boat and he slides you another piece of paper with some information um about where you're going to be the, the boat you need to go on and it gives you basically like two hours to do a hour and 45 minute bit of traveling so you've got very little time to you know get on your way yeah okay 
Well, nice to yeah. see you, Lou. And I'll, uh, fingers crossed, see you again real soon. Um, and he leaves, you leave, and you head down, you know, travel as fast as you can to catch this boat. You make it. Um, fortunately, the boat is delayed a little bit, and you can sneak on. Um, when you're sneaking, does Lou have any, like, anything she does particularly to help herself blend into the background? Um, she does have... Uh, what's this thing called? Uh, the sky self. Mm -hmm. So she's going to make herself as generic as humanly possible. She's going to change her armor to like uh, a beggar's clothing, that kind of stuff. She's going yeah. to make herself a little bit smaller to like better blend in with the people. She's going to like make herself as generic as possible. Okay, that's fine. Uh, so um, you, you can do that. You've got that disguise self. Who do you make yourself look like? Like, is there a person you've got in mind? Uh, she's going to make herself look like her mother. Okay, cool. So, you know, uh, obviously no one knows who, you, what you, who your mother is. No one's keeping an eye out for her. You board this boat with no problem. Um, and you, you're told by the contact there very surreptitiously to hide below decks. You walk through the decks, and there is a, a very small room that you can sneak into. And in the cargo hold, there is loads of like unrefined magical ore, some really unusual-looking objects, like um, kind of warped staffs and bent blades, and uh, what looks like like rings and jubi uh, rubies and gems, things like that. Just just like really weird, miscellaneous but odd-looking magical items. Um, you would know from living in Yadra, uh, Yadradan, that this is basically the stuff that is taken out of the river. This is like pure magical items that are fished out of the river uh, that are just generated by the, the the strange magical effects of the waterfall. Um, some of these will be really valuable, but some of these will be completely useless, like a knife that heals whoever it stabs, or um, you know, there'll, there'll be there'll be stuff like. Uh, a candle that only burns in the daylight and never goes out whilst it's in direct sunlight, things like that. It's just it, all sorts of weird and wonderful magical items um, that are going to be taken down to Haven Aurel and processed and have their magic refined or stripped out of them, or they'll be used to spell components. So there's all, all, the, all these weird things, and you're told, like, no uncertain terms, don't mess with it, it's all been, inventor all been inventoried. So you're, you're put in this room um, with, you know, you've got this letter... Uh, that has been given to you by uh, your friend Shari, but is there anything else that Lou would have specifically taken with her or made the time to pick up before she dashed away? I would have made sure to pick up uh, the tome that William uses to like uh, take note of his research, like where he keeps all his most like secret important rituals, what he has discovered, how he's going to do, what he's going to do, the different forms of undead he has discovered and been able to summon in the years he has been studying this. Mm. Uh, she's going to take that with her, and she's also going to take the dagger that she has used forever. Yeah. It's like a a small promise to herself that once I actually leave this life behind, I will, I will throw this dagger into the ocean. Okay, cool. And what does that dagger look like? 
it looks like it's a little bit rusty. Mm -hmm. It has uh, a very curved blade, uh, cross cross guards uh, above the hand, and it in the middle of it is this black, like cracked pattern to it. Mm -hmm. What's it made out of? I want to say steel. <laughs> okay. And where did you get it? Or was it given to you? It was the... It was given to her by William on her first assignment. Okay. Okay. So it's got like a kind of bittersweet sentimental value. Yeah. Um, okay. It's like Old Reliable if Old Reliable was the thing you killed your own dog with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you're on this boat, you've got a bit of downtime now, you've got three days to fill, uh, like food just appear, kind of appears for you, like the people on the boat are working and they kind of ignore you, like it's an open secret, you're there, nobody's looking for you, like they're purposely pretending they don't see you, kind of thing, no one's talking to you. Um, what do you spend those three days doing? I was going to spend those three days both reading through the grimoire to like Re like realize the full scale of what William was doing and what he was aiming for, because he is no wizard. He doesn't really understand the complexities of Arcana. Yeah, she's trying to like familiarize herself at least with like the very basics of that. Yeah. So uh, what um what languages does Lou speak? Lou speaks common, Elvish, and Thievescant. Okay. So you would know, looking at this, a few words, here and there, you get the odd bit in Elvish. Um, most of it is in a writing that you really struggle to kind of understand. Um, it, it's, it's not in a, a like a, it's, it's not in a code, it's just in a language that you're really struggling with. But there are like aspects of it you do understand, like there's gestures that are really easy to um, figure out and there are pictures and diagrams, you know, like uh, there's a bit uh, where there's like, it shows you how to, use, uh, there's like an illustration how to use what appears to be copper wire to send up somebody a message and things like that. So you can like digest parts of it. Um, and towards the back, there are all these very weird, what look like uh, like magical circles, and then I images of, uh, you know, um, demons or what look like warforged. It's, it's a real mishmash of stuff. Um, that it's like obviously taken William years to bring together. Like all this information, it's really, really esoteric. There's all sorts of stuff in here. Um, and as it kind of heads towards the end, there's there's clearly like recipes for potions and ways to um, develop metals and and like infuse things with magical, um, you know, ma magical stuff. <laughs> Um, so th there's quite a lot in there for you, for you to like figure out. Yeah. Uh, what kind of what what kind of stuff are you looking for? Oh, um, as she's currently on the run, uh, Lou will try to like focus her research on uh, illusion magic mm. or ways to counter divination, because she has no way of knowing what spells William does or doesn't know at this point. Yeah. Okay. And so she, she, she's that... trying to like cover as many bases as possible. 
is that is that a big worry of hers that William is just gonna like do a locate creature or scrying spell because you know he's that's something that he could do is that something you spe she's specifically worried about yeah, what he what she's really worried about is William finding her and having Leia kill her oh right okay or silence her in some way yeah okay okay so you're going through it and the, you get to the part where you think there's divination magic um, and it's difficult you know it does take you a few days uh, but you you think there are items that you could buy that would block you being detected but it doesn't really give it's not like a shopping manual you need to go here you'd probably need to speak to a wizard or someone who was really magical to find out how you do that um, but you are on a boat that is going to like the big city you will be able to find someone when you get there um, and if you are being tracked you're moving really fast you're moving faster than you know any creature could move that wouldn't be you know a dragon or something like that because you're even traveling at night you're traveling when people are people would have to sleep so you're, you're really booking it um but do you look at this letter that you've been given to deliver uh, uh the curiosity is there like there is like the one like oh i wonder what's in this letter but she trusts this guy and like she is at least not going to read it okay well if you had it out you would see that it's not sealed with wax it's it's kind of a treated paper so it's kind of waterproof um to a certain degree it's like almost like wax paper and it's been written on in in some weird ink that seems to have permeated the wax okay uh, actively trying to look into it but it's it's just kind of folded like a napkin um and it's it's like a half the size of a sheet of a4 and you know like say, say it fell out your pocket and landed on the floor um and you saw what appeared to be a jumble of letters would you take a closer look yeah yeah so uh you literally you pick it up and you literally see what looks like somebody has just hammered on a keyboard um so th there's one two three four five six lines of text um and the first line is j h z z p v u L Y Z. It's like a word scramble. Yeah, uh, and then the second line is T Y B A O V M Z H U Z L Y P D L Y. And it just goes on like this. Just it looks like it looks like what someone's done. I mean, you're familiar with thief count. You're familiar with. Uh, you know, changing stuff to you know to get it past the eyes. You can tell by looking at this is a cipher of some sort, or this is some kind of like you know some kind of code. Um, but just glancing at it, it means absolutely bloody nothing to you. Uh, I will post the text into your um, into your channel. It, it, as far as you can tell, it's just absolutely gibberish. Well, I'll post it now. There you go. Uh, so that's what you get. Um, and what would your what would Lou's response to that be? Well, like, how would she think? How she react when she saw that? Thought is, oh, as usual. But then she sees that she can't figure it figure it out at the glance. It's like, 
Okay, this is so higher stuff. This like this this is actually important. They like did actual work on this. Yeah. And despite herself, she's going to get a little bit too curious and she's going to begin reading. Okay. She's like try to try to decipher it. Okay. So she um what is Lou's intelligence score? All that investigation. Intelligence is fourteen. Fourteen. And her investigation is plus four. Okay. Just uh, proficiency. Mm -hmm. And you can, as a phantom rogue, you can also give yourself proficiency and stuff, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. So, over the period of, uh, you know, a few days, it's not particularly easy because you don't have the reference, but you spend a bit of time trying to break this cipher. You know, you, you assign different letters, different values. You know, you see Z in there a lot. Which might mean that it's that means it's a very popular letter. Um, so it's that's how how you cipher. So you see that Z appears all the time, and you think, to yourself, "Well, that could be A, S, E, or I." They're the, the most popular letters, and so you start writing down, trying to figure out what these words mean. And so uh, you, you take the first few uh, letters of it, um, and. You uh, you hand it. It takes, it takes you a little while, um, and you you basically able to decipher this thing is a message from the True Kings, who are a group of um, kind of like. Or I'll, I'll use the word xenophobic. They are like a very traditional, old school group of the very rich and powerful in Yadradan who want to bring Yadradan back as a political force. They think Yadradan having all these wonderful, great magical items literally falling out of the sky and appearing on beaches and all this fantastic stuff like uh, steel and ore and, and wood and all these building materials should be more powerful than it is. And they only think that they're not powerful because the current ruling class don't allow them to be. So they've set themselves up as like a, an alternative political faction uh, to kind of distance themselves from the uh, Algaday and the Dragon Country and Haven Oral, which has all this money um, and they're you know trying to build themselves back up and you, you work it out that this message this weird cipher is uh, that a cave has been discovered in the mouth of someone called the Sansi River um, showing evidence of something called the Sisters of Death and that they're repressing suppressing the report of this to stop it going out um, What's your history? How how good is is uh, Lou at history? She knows like the basics, like how people know that Russia used to be like the USSR, but she always thought that she had more pressing matters to learn than something that happened years ago. Yeah, like okay. she knows like the basic outline, but no details. So this sense. this wouldn't really set off any. I won't. I won't say alarm bells. It doesn't really mean anything to you that the phrase "sisters of death" like doesn't. You don't remember it. It's not like a common phrase. It's not a gang that you can think of. It doesn't seem to have anything to do with uh, like the main lich war. But like information on that super hazy anyway. Um, you can't really remember anything about it. Uh, but the fact that it's being guarded and the the reports are being suppressed is very interesting um and so with that information you know you, that that's the cipher um that that's the information you've taken from that cipher 
and the journey continues on. Um, how's Lou, apart from the, 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 the grimoire, how's she keeping herself busy? Does she have any, like, activity she does, like exercise or anything like that? It's going to, like, work out to, like, keep in shape. Hmm. She is going to, like, give every single other passenger she can see coming down a very hard look, like, trying to see what their intentions could possibly be. You're, she... oh. I, I would say that you're the only passenger. Everyone else is working. Everyone else is here doing the job. So everyone else is here, like, piloting the ship or, you know, keeping the engines going or, you know, cooking or cleaning everyone else here it seems to be working and everyone they all seem to be ignoring you yeah but i mean if you you know if you're trying to like learn more about them you can see that all these people like you are probably on this boat to get away from problems on the land yeah, yeah. but after you know after three days you arrive in haven oral you arrive in the big city and has Lou's work ever taken her away from home before this far? This is, you know, let's say it's three days travel on a very fast, fast river. This would be somewhere in the real regions of five, six hundred miles you'd have travelled. Yeah. So Lou has travelled a lot with William. Uh, she left her hometown almost a week after being adopted by the guy. Hmm. But never this far. It has always been like somewhere where you can reach with it with like on foot in a few days because they never had the money to like buy carriages or get passage on a boat okay so yeah this is completely different so when you set off uh the moon uh was waxing so it is you know it's, it's about three quarters full and as you arrive at night the, the moon is waning it's just a crescent it's very 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 thin now uh, about a, a new moon's about to appear in the sky and you arrive in the docks of Haven Orel uh, at the the mouth of this huge, huge lake, and you can't really see anything uh, apart from the walls of the city. And quite far in the distance, on the other side of this lake, a small town uh, with a hill next to it, and on top of this hill seems to be a, a very tall house. Um, you know, that with like caves underneath it and uh, uh, like caverns and stuff that kind of join into the mouth of the lake. And it's, it's a complete change of scenery. Obviously, you've been trapped inside this boat. Um, and you uh, find your way. The Haven Oral is a very nice city. It's very busy. And you start picking your way and you start asking around about the tide. And you are given some information that you need to get to yourself to a place called the Tears of the Moon, which is a bar on the inside of the city. Now, how would Lou go about moving on the insides of a city, how would she find a way about? First, try to see, because I assume she knows who is in charge of the city, like generally speaking. Uh, well, they are, there's like, in charge of the city, yeah, there's like a, a couple of groups of like peacekeepers and stuff like that. The The city's governed by a group called the Lifespringer, uh, the, the, the Lifespring Alliance. And they are basically caretakers of the city. So she's going to like meet them, like try to not saying like reveal herself. She's more like seeing what the political information, like the political situation is. Like if there are any like uh, 
if they're like super strict on violence and gangs or stuff like that, or if they're oh, like yeah, you more like that. corrupt, bribed no, uh, guards. No, these guys uh, tend to be very strict. The the um, the Life Spring Alliance tends to be tends to rotate quite a lot, so they never know who's going to be in power. Like kind of two years in the future and so it, and it's a great honor to be selected for it so they tend to be pretty honest and pretty you know anti-violence anti-gangs but you would know from your like time with william that there are plenty of uh gangs in the city so there's the uh the caissonaires as we mentioned the people who sent you on this mission uh there's the doll faces who are a group of thieves that work in and around haven or l um who all wear masks to disguise themselves so no one knows exactly how many of them there are and there's probably another group that you've come across in your time um called uh, the black rock tally who are like the main gang in the city they kind of run a lot of the illegal stuff in the city um and then there was a group called the magi who uh, William probably had some dealings with, who were um, like basically they were magicians who've kind of lapsed into bureaucracy, but are you know they they deal a lot in in stuff like illegal potions and uh, tattoos and stuff that probably shouldn't be being done, but that like, you would know how to get in touch with any one of those groups. Yeah, yeah. So you will basically get in touch with the. Uh... Well, the one William was part of, the Mage's Eye, I think it was. Yeah, the, the Mage Eye, yeah. The Mage Eye? Uh, basically, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she's basically going to bribe them into revealing a way for her to hide herself from divination. Because she hasn't figured out a way from reading the, the tone. Okay, so let's, let's focus on that then. So you find, uh, you remember from like something William mentioned once that there was this particular member of the Magi who lived in the outskirts of Haven Oral. Um, there's an older lady, an older human lady called Olivia Hill. Uh, and she, um, she was pretty experienced, uh, wizard, you know, she was pretty nifty, didn't really focus much on spells that could did a lot of damage, but she had focused her whole life on divination magic, trying to basically find a way to gamify the system and win lots of money. Um, and it hadn't really worked out for her. It, it, she'd kind of become a bit overwhelmed by it. She, all she was doing was seeing like horrible events that were going to happen that she couldn't stop. And so hadn't really done anything with all these powers and definitely hadn't gone out to become an adventurer. Uh, but you remember vaguely where she lives and you're able to locate her by just by process of elimination. Um, and what was it you were going to bribe her with? Because you would not have a huge amount of money. He's basically going to bribe her with the few things he really knows. Like, have you heard of this famous wizard and how he died like in an accident? Yeah, that was William, and here's why he wanted that. This is information he got from that, and basically going to like. Oh, so you're giving her information. Yeah, information okay. for information. Yeah. Okay. So, you arrive at Olivia's house. Um, and she doesn't recognize you, but she does let you in and she, you walk in and it's, you know, there's lots of incense burning in candles and it, the, the smell's quite overpowering. It's a very small house uh, that you find yourself in lots of tapestries on the walls and notes and that, like, kind of like that Pepe Silvia meme with all the pictures and the red thread. And she sits there and she's smoking this pipe 
uh, sitting on this very comfortable couch, kind of with the legs kind of up on the couch in a very casual pose. Because, you know, I was expecting somebody today, but uh, I wasn't expecting anyone as young as you. The, uh, the cards told me that whoever came would be carrying a lot with them, but perhaps... It was purely meta uh, metaphorical weight that you're carrying. You do look like you have the weight of the world on your shoulders, child. What could I do for you? I have been told I have old eyes. But Very what I really eyes. want to know... Wow. You know, old men and their metaphors. <laughs> Speak, child. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry yes, do, do carry on. If, would, would you like a... I find often a, a cup of tea or a drink uh, loosens the lips. Do you have coffee? I can certainly make you a coffee. Lisa, thank you. She, um, she uses mage hand to mix coffee uh, for you. It kind of floats over to you. And she hasn't risen, and, uh, but she reaches over to the other side. And she pours, she, she gets out a very ornate tea set. Um, and she pours herself a cup of tea. Uh, as, as well as she's pouring you this coffee with mage hand, uh, but she's not really taking her eyes off you. She's like really trying to get a read on you, um, or, or it looks like she's trying to remember where you, she knows you from. Um, and she hands you the drink as she takes a sip of it. Just yes, uh, please. Um, how can a how can an old wizard such as I help you? Lou's not going to answer immediately. She's first like going to like. Smell the coffee, take a small sip, lean back into the chair. Like, try to regain a little bit of, like, control over the situation because she's quite put out by dealing with wizards in general. It was creeping out. So after, after a moment, after having this, like, moment to herself, she's going to, like, put the cup down. I want your help hiding well. from someone. Oh, well, hiding. From someone I see, and uh, do you wish to hide here with me? Who is it you're hiding from? A powerful spellcaster. Hiding from a wizard, I see, or a sorcerer, perhaps, or a cleric, or a druid. Well, um, there's certainly things that could help. Um, may I ask, is this person likely to be looking hard for you? Most definitely. Ah, and uh, what kind of what kind of resources do they have at their disposal? A pet assassin. A pet assassin. Now, that does pose a bit of a problem. Okay, and you said that they are powerful spellcasters, so that does narrow your field somewhat. Um, and I may know of a few ways to help you um a couple of things very easy things very sensible things very obvious things uh, the first one of which is always keep moving uh, i don't mean here but do not have a fixed abode would be the first one um never stay in the same place for more than two days um but if you were looking for something a little more specific uh, something that would make you harder to nail down as it were then yes there are orbs there are rings that can uh blank you from scrying uh, though they are quite hard to come by and she, she pauses she takes a drink and she swirls her tea and she looks at the bottom and takes another long sip and drains a glass and looks down and she goes but i see the leaves say you are not one that should be denied 
Hmm, interesting. Um, my advice to you, uh, as I said, is keep moving, but uh, perhaps there is something I could give you this an orb. Um, she reaches over, she picks up what looks like a small crystal ball, um, and she kind of rolls it on her hand like kinetic juggling. So it kind of looks like it's motionless and the hand is just moving around it. This this orb is a, a very interesting little trinket that found its way into my hands um, through circumstances I won't bore you with. But this orb has some rather unique properties for it. You will have heard, of course, of the spell scrying and locate person. Uh, usually these spells each have a component uh, that which makes them unique. So uh, the, the target of the spell uh, could deflect perhaps a spell of scrying or a spell of locate person. Whereas this orb is, is different entirely. The holder of this orb is invisible and immune to divination magic. Now that is very interesting, don't you think? Yes. Now, this, I'm afraid, does have some downsides to it. Uh, being immune to divination magic, if there are people around you who are looking to make your life a little bit easier, uh, you would find it difficult to benefit from some of their spellcasting uh, abilities. But I would say that this would be a surefire way to keep a spellcaster off your back for a certain amount of time, don't you think? And she throws it up in the air, um, and it just arcs perfectly and lands kind of in the, it, it, like in your wrist between your chest and uh, your wrist as you're holding the coffee cup, and it's just kind of there all of a sudden. Um, and she, she looks down again at the tea leaves with like this quite uh, a strange smile. She goes, I, I see, I'm getting a lot from you, my friend. You are one to be helped, one not to be denied. There is a certain wake behind you as if you are cutting your way through layers and layers of history I, I I think you'll be one to keep an eye on my friend I would say this, I will say this you can take that ball for a short while you can borrow it for say a month or so but I do want it back in a few weeks when you know uh, my tea leaves they say you'll be going on a short journey uh, after that journey I think you best come back here rest up and tell me a little bit more about what it is you're running away from, because I don't need to know now, but I think perhaps that after your journey, uh, a little experience, um, it says here you'll be going with some people you've never met before, and I'm, I'm sure some outside opinions will give you some uh, fresh perspective on the world. But I think, yes, I think, I think if you come back when you return, we will have a very interesting conversation. Well, I've never been one to deny free stuff. No, exactly. Um, beware, though, that is a very valuable item. And uh, one thing I can't see is whether or not it will go missing. But if it does go missing, there will be two powerful spellcasters who are out for you. And I will be out for you for the tune of about 2,000 gold. So do take care of it. You will have it back in a few weeks. That's a week. Well, um, my next visitor will be here any moment now, uh, and I would assume you wish to remain hidden. So where I will recommend you stay tonight is, uh, I would not recommend you stay in any of the inns. There is, near the Tears of the Moon, an old well, old abandoned well. I can promise you this, my friend, it will not rain tonight. So if you sleep in or around near the well, tomorrow morning you'll be able to walk into the Tears of the Moon to whatever this journey is of yours. 
the tea leaves haven't told me that so too far um but they're telling me they're telling me the strangest thing they're telling me that you will reveal a lost history how how very quaint how very strange i can't wait to see what it's going to be uh but yes tears of the moon and the well the well of the teardrops will be i think the place you should stay tonight so uh, i must bid you adieu and the the coffee cup is lifted out of your hand by this invisible mage hand uh and she kind of gestures to the door i exit through the window <laughs> i did not see that coming uh, and then the the window closes and you hear another knock at the door and she goes ah come in come in and you sneak out into the night um do you follow her recommendations about sleeping outside yes but i will make sure that uh my things are like hidden like i'm going to hide my things i'm not going to sleep with them i'm going to hide them like up on the tree or a new very crevice that's like kind of hard to spot so you work your way through the streets of haven oral and it's this uh, it's first it's very very busy very like bustling metropolis and the closer to the center it gets the richer and quieter the area becomes until you find yourself in the very very center of the country and it's also the center of the city haven or it's a city state and it's it's this beautiful big towers large large buildings big green spaces uh, as, as you pass through you've seen all sorts of strange and unusual pe- people um are you like keeping to the shadows or are you walking kind of brazenly i'm keeping to the shadows okay as you keep to the shadows you see that there's this one particular uh, you, you you walk past this what looks like a lot of large accommodation building you see this uh, on top of a balcony there's this really unusual looking white haired kind of like half elven uh, woman who's wearing this very very distinctive mask this metal mask with these razor sharp fangs on it like, it kind of looks like a like a ninja mask but it's it's very bulky on her and she's she's laying back uh, looking up at the stars uh, and on the other side you see that there's this huge church um, with this fountain in the middle of it, and the fountain is, is silent but beautiful with like jewels inlaid into it that glitter in the light as this fountain cascades all down it. The the floor is pristine and clean, uh, cobblestones that look like they are very well tended and very well cared for. Any cracks almost immediately replaced uh, as you follow the streets around and you find yourself facing down just slightly outside the centre in, in a slightly... In the, in the in the only instance of a slightly rundown area, you see this pub, this this large inn called the, the Tears of the Moon, and it has this, uh, you know, the, the sign says the Tears of the Moon, and it's got this beautiful kind of weeping moon mo- motif on it. Um, and next to it, about 50, 50 feet away from the entrance, is this very very old, super dilapidated looking well that's about ten foot radius, um, and it's got like uh, one of those old well roofs on it. Um, and you think, oh, look, this, you know, this is clearly the one she sent me to. And as you walk up to it, uh, you see again a very, very small logo carved into the stone of, of the Tears of the Moon. And, and you look into the well, and there's this metal grate there uh, underneath this, um, you know, th- th- this roof. Uh, and that looks like where she's recommending you sleep. I've heard enough stories about people who don't listen to divination wizards to know that it goes bad. Okay. Do you climb in there? The metal holds. 
Do you have like a sleeping bag or anything like that, or a, a bedroll? I have no such thing. Okay, so what are you? How are you getting yourself comfortable on this metal grate? I mean, um, you can go and look for something else. You can go and look to see if there's anything you can... It's not like super late at night. It's about half eight. You could probably probably buy something or you could probably go somewhere if you wanted to. Or you could probably try and steal something. That might be an option. Yeah. Uh, I will look for something to steal, to steal, like a blanket or something like that. Okay. So around the back of the Tears of the Moon are a load of um, sacks... They're like feed sacks. Some of them are empty that are hung up on the side of the stables. That that's a one thing you see straight away. That you know you could line the bottom of this well with, or the sorry, the top of this grate with, and sleep on top of them or sleep underneath them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you do that. Um, it's going to be a scritchy, kind of uncomfortable night. Uh, but as you you lay down there and you kind of roll up and you look, there's this perfect gap at the top of this roof that. So you can see the stars above you. Um, is Lou interested in any way, shape, or form in astronomy? She likes to look at the sky, like at night, but she has no real interest in knowing what the stars, like the alignments and stuff. Yeah. So you look up at the stars, and you spent a bit of time reading William's book, and there's like he, there was some star charts in there, and there's one of them that like. You kind of look up, and it's one that was referenced time and time again in the book. And you're looking up at it, and you turn around a little bit. You, you kind of crane your neck, and you think, "Is there's something not quite right about this?" And you open the book, um, you sort of go through it, and you skim through until you find the page that William was, you know, the, the, the page with the star charts. And it's it's all in this language that you can't read. Uh, but there's this particular, particularly beautiful um, double page spread of a like a star chart, and it's this constellation in the middle. Um, that you kind of look up and it's, it's almost the same. It's almost exactly the same, but it's not quite. Um, so there's this... Um, where is it? Where is it? There's a, a, a constellation. And you look at the top and it's one of the few parts of it that are written in common um, called uh, Lago Morphara. Oh, so uh, Lego Morphara. Uh, Lego Morphara. It's a constellation Lego Morphara. Um, but one of the... Like, it isn't quite right everything else is right it's like 99 percent there but like one of the central stars that um, is often sh showing is like glowing in unusual hues like it's got this quite a deep kind of like purpley green hue in all the pictures you see it in it's just simply not there anymore it's like maybe it's you know behind something or like it or like a cloud or something you can't see any clouds or maybe there's something that's preventing the star coming through but one of the central parts of this constellation can't be seen um, and as you are kind of drifting off, you hear uh, what sounds like a guard doing the rounds, like just, you know, checking up to make sure people are, you know, not causing any bother. Um, what does Lou do when this, like, she hears this person searching? I assume it's out for her and she's going to hide. She's just gonna like just wig. She's about ten feet down in this well. Like she's fairly well hidden already. But would she leave the well or would she stay where she is? 
she's going to assume that nobody would actually look down a well looking for someone. But then there's the thought they might look into the well to find something. And she doesn't know what this guy's looking for. So she's going to climb like out of the well and hide behind it. Okay. So uh, she does that. What's her stealth? Her stealth is plus seven. Okay, yeah, no problem. She has no problem, like, clambering out. Um, is she looking to see this guard? Yeah, she wants to know what he looks like. Like, what race, what gender, what not. Okay. And she's so, also trying to see what he might be looking for. Yeah, this uh, guard looks like a hobgoblin uh, at first, exp- uh, first, uh, first sight. Uh, he's got kind of, kind of the pointy ears, the kind of reddish, ruddish face of a hobgoblin, long, straight, dark hair, uh, and the slightly, like, almost um, feline features. Um, and he gets closer, and he walks behind uh, a torch, uh, and then he kind of steps back into the, the, the torchlight. And yeah, it looks like a hobgoblin, and he's kind of, like, glancing around, doesn't seem to be looking for anything in particular. Um, and he looks around, and there's another guard that he sees that he nods towards, and they, they, they look to be, you know, just doing their rounds. Um, but what's Lou's insight? Insight is plus three. Okay, so he, he does seem to be lingering a little bit. Um, maybe he's waiting for somebody, but after a while, the other guard in the distance moves on. This guy still stands there for a minute. Um, there's this gentle breeze, this warm breeze that's coming down. Um, does Lou have any allergies? He's allergic to peanuts. Allergic to peanuts. What about hay fever? Mm, I will say no. Okay. Well, the reason I say hay fever is you get this very strong smell of lilies. And you don't know where it's from. Maybe someone's just opened a door. Or maybe there's a, there's a patch of flowers nearby. It's very strong smell of them all of a sudden. And this guard clearly does have hay fever because he starts like scratching his nose and like blinking his eyes. And he sneezes. And for a split second, for just... A fraction of a second, this guard is not a hobgoblin. For a fraction of a second, and you can't see his full face, he's got his hand up, but his hand and his face behind his hand and all of his hair, they just kind of disappear. Like his hair vanishes, his ears kind of suck back into his head, and his skin goes this kind of marble white, and then he kind of snuffles back, and he's back. He's back as to a hobgoblin. And then he kind of looks around. And he stands there for a few more minutes, and he moves on on his route. Okay. Uh, did I recognize? Did he like change races or just appearance? Like generally speaking, he didn't change size. It's literally like he he like sneezed away, uh, like the color and pigmentation of his skin, and his hair and his ears. Yeah. Would I know what changeling changelings are? No, you would not. Okay. They don't seem. You don't never see. Never heard of a changeling in this world. They don't. It's, the the fae has very little to do with this world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's um. You don't know. You never heard of a changeling, or Lou rather has never heard of a changeling. Um. She's of course she's heard of people with a spell, a mask of many faces, and she's you know heard of people being able to cast sky self and seeming and minor illusion and things like that. But she's never seen anything quite like this. Uh, this is a bit different. It didn't look like a spell for one. It looked like a re- looked like a physical thing. But it was uh, very unusual. But he 
kind of gets just goes on with it just gets on with his, his round and he starts moving away and he, he you know he kind of pokes his head around the into the stables as a nosy and then heads back the way he came after like maybe five or ten minutes does he still look for uh, is he still looking for something or does he like he, have... he is looking for something but it's not clear whether he's looking for something specific he's kind of like he's keeping an eye out I, you think for the sake of keeping an eye out yeah well if it was important he would be looking more thoroughly so i just yeah. like to climb back into my well and like right. take a note on that like maybe wizard disguised around here yeah and there's also when you're in the well and you're just kind of like trying to get comfortable it doesn't creak at all when you move so you think you know if you cover yourself in some of these sacks and you have some of these sacks on you if anyone peers in in the night when you're asleep you're probably going to be okay um and like this well's in quite bad service like some of the this is like one of the worst things you've seen since you've been in the center of the city but the grate that's covering the well is immaculate and in perfect repair um and you can't see a lock to like open it you don't or, or where it's been put in this is like this iron has kind of like grown out of the stone and the stones are really badly maintained uh like crumbling in some places but this this iron gate is like there's no not a speck of rust or dirt on it kind of thing um, but yeah, you you start to fall asleep, and you start to uh, you know just drift off into into slumber. And uh, does how does Lou sleep? What what kind of things does she do? Like I mean, sorry, does, does she have like vivid dreams and stuff like that? She is going to remember, uh, as she does quite often, like her first job. Uh, given by William, and she's also going to remember, like, the face of her blood-covered smiling sister, and like, she wakes up with like a cold sweat, like completely covered in, in like her voice like slightly ragged, like horror in her face, like that's like haunting her, like the imagery. Yeah, for sure. As she. Well, before you snap awake, um, uh, because the dream changes into that from something else, you don't know why it's not a, a place you're familiar with. And it's definitely, maybe it's somewhere you kind of glimpsed on the boat ride. But you have this really, really weird dream of this battlefield, this ancient battlefield where there's an army against these these kind of like dozen figures and these dozen figures are absolutely wrecking shit. They seem to be really strong magical casters um, that are just absolutely destroying this army. Uh, and that, that dream, you know, you, you parts of the dream, you see people like dying and people fleeing. And then, you know, one of the people in there slowly morphed in your dream into your sister. And all of a sudden, the dream's always been about your sister. So the battle just vanishes. And, you know, you wake up in this cold sweat. Um, and like you, you look up and the the, the the moon is kind of hidden, the, the skies are slightly overcast. It's it's getting a bit cold. It's a real witch now, as you know, probably like three or two or three in the morning. Um, you just try to get back to sleep a few more a few more hours sleep, and you you manage it. But all throughout your dream, you've got this image of Leia in your head, and you just see her. There's there's this Williams there kind of on one side and on the other side there is like light there's this there's this glow of light 
that's kind of bathing Leia's face. And she looks in this dream, like the side of her face that's bathed in light looks as beautiful and happy as you've ever seen her. She looks contented and fulfilled. And the side that isn't lit up, the side that's nearest to William is in shadow. And she's dark and it's haggard and she looks miserable. But it's the same face at the same time. And so, you you know, you have this really unusual dream of the, the, the light and William in the dark uh, with Leia in the middle. But you sleep the rest of the night um, and wake up in the morning just as people are throwing out the slop from the night before. So you're woken by the sound of buckets of water hitting the floor um, and you're able to sneak out of the well and uh, dash into the inn to get some breakfast. And as you walk in there, you see that there's uh, a couple of tables set aside. And there's this guy in this very, very formal suit of armor uh, who has all his paperwork in front of him and the symbol of the Lifespring Alliance. And putting two and two together, this is probably the uh, way you go to sign up to the tithe. Um, what, would, what would Lou do? After that information I've just given you. Go to the guy. Mm -hmm. Like straight up. And say. I want to sign up for the. For the crusade. Okay. Cool. Well we'll leave it there then. We'll pick that up in session one. <laughs>